my father's a United Church minister. He's retired now, but I, that was also another intersection with with the the power of story, because I would remember watching him as a child in church and being able to hold the audience, congregation's attention yes. while he would would share his message for the day. And I. Joining me today at the Rio Theatre in Vancouver is Catherine Law Hadquist. She's award-winning actor, producer, mentor, role model, and successful entrepreneur. And she's here today to talk about her successful award-winning career and her reoccurring, reoccurring role in Motherland, Fort Salem. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Or Cat. Or Call Kat. me Cat. Please, that's a lot of letters in a row, so Cat simplifies everything. Yeah, so congratulations. Thank you. But Thank I'd you. like to begin, um, when did your passion for acting begin? Oh, my passion for acting began, um, I learned how to read really young. And so by the time I went to school, the teachers would let me read story time. And I remember just the, how fun it was to, to have an audience while I was reading these little stories. And, and I found that really, really fun. I, I remember that feeling, but never in my experience at that point thought that acting was a possible career. Like it was always those people from Hollywood on TV. And, and it wasn't until I was a bit older that I started to discover that the industry was coming here to Vancouver. And I met some people through opportunities. I got modeling who were then saying, you know, come and be a stand-in for Holly Robinson on 21 Jump Street. And that's when I got to sort of oh, wow. see how the inner workings of, of the industry worked and how, how there were people there who just revealed themselves to guide me to the next step to learn how to become an actor. And so I started studying and, and it's, been, it's been an adventure for the last number of years. <laughs> yes, because you're like multi-talented. You are a renaissance person. You're Thank, just, you. <laughs> Thank you. And, but do you come from a family of like actors? Uh, no, no. I come from, my father's a United Church minister. He's retired now. But I, that was also another intersection with, with the, the power of story. Because I would remember watching him as a child in church and being able to hold the audience, congregation's attention yes. while he would, would share his message for the day. And I found that really impactful, how, how the sharing of stories and the talking and the, and the illustration of principles through parables and other ways of, of delivering that information changed people, inspired people, entertained people. And I found that really an imprint from yes. when I was a kid as well. Um, my mom went, um, is from Jamaica and she, they met at UBC and I think she initially had planned on a career towards law, but, but uh, we happened, my brothers and I, and so I think that sort of changed her plans along the way. But I think law is also another forum where s the, the power of story is impactful on the outcome. So. Yes, yeah. and here you are, a successful actor, and as I said at the beginning, you're a role model because you won so many awards, like the Women in Film and the UBC Actor Award, like, you know, sitting on the board, and how does that make you feel to be, you know, you know representing others and helping others? Because you're an acting coach, too. Mm -hmm. Well, when I first started as a, as a, in my late teens, you know, different people revealed themselves and said, oh, you need this information. And, and, would, and when I would ask them how I could thank them, because I was, 
you know, just the beginning of my career and working multiple jobs yeah. to keep a roof over my head. And they were like, all we ask is that you pay it forward, that you do things and take action to help the next group. And so that first opportunity came when I w ran for the board of UBCP when it first started. UBCP actor now, but at that point it was just UBCP and, and I was young and they put out the call for people to help steer the organization and I thought it would be a really great way to learn about it too because I found a lot of my peers focused on the development of their craft and their creativity but weren't as invested in, in the, the knowledge about the, the commercial side of things. How does, how does this business work? How does, mm -hmm. how does one make money? How do the shows get financed? How do films get distributed? All of that. And I found, strangely, the more I learned about that, the less personal I took it as an artist. Um, the more I understood the industrial side of, of storytelling, the more I felt free to create because I was pitching to a business as opposed mm -hmm. to being assessed on my, on my talent per se. Yes. And so it, it, was, it was very useful for me that way and I think it also framed how I choose to coach people and choose to teach because I think there's so many there's so many ways this industry can be taken personally. You can feel like mm -hmm. you're not tall enough, or not pretty enough, or, or your size is not what the industry standard is. And I think the more you're freed from that, you can become more creative because you get to make it about what you want to offer as opposed to what's being demanded from you. Yes, because transferable skills, you know, producing and, yeah. and acting and acting coach. And also you are the founder of Biz, Biz, uh, Biz Books. Bizbooks.net. Yeah. 1996, is that yeah, correct? We opened a bricks and mortar oh. bookstore for film, television and theater um, on Cordova Street. Our first location was almost at Cordova in Maine and then we moved to Cordova in Canby. And then in 2010 we transitioned to what we like to refer to as our online and on location format where we, we have a web store and we ship all over the world and then we do installation pop-up stores at different events and film festivals and teachers conferences and all of that so we can support other teachers in in having materials to share with their students as well. We run a we because my team and myself everyone works in a community so my team um, we run the dramaclass.com which mm -hmm. is an online workshop space where we do some um, supplemental knowledge building for actors and writers and other creative professionals. So a lot of our skills as actors are best learned and developed in person, but um, there's a lot of things around developing a career, or developing sort of supplemental knowledge, like how to do an interview mm. or, or how to uh, prepare for a voiceover audition if you're used wow. to the film and TV world or how to prepare your taxes as an oh, actor and yes. things like that that can enhance the, the creative efforts that are that are explored in person but can be delivered quite quite effectively over over the internet so we do that we also have a, a number of clients who um, students who are from places that don't have in-person acting so it's also nice to be able nice. to do that and and one of the interesting things about this post 2020 time frame is that we're so used to engaging with people online now in a different way yes. so that finding that creative way to do it has been really helpful for folks. Yes, and being more animated, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all of our auditions now, I mean, our first round of auditions are all self-tapes, and then, and then, you know, we do have Zoom callbacks, but that's using the technology, so delivering, delivering skills over that technology is actually not as separate from the actual job the way it might have been a few years ago. Yeah, so. this is wonderful. And yeah. Do you have, can you be a first-time actor, or 
Oh, absolutely. We have all levels because there's there's room for everybody, and and as people move through, they create space for someone to move in. So, um, yes. yeah, there's there's room for everybody, and that's part of the exciting time now too. Is that you don't have to be living in a production center. Obviously, it's helpful, but you can start to to learn the skills and 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 develop connections to a community, and get ready to see if it's something you really want to do before having to move to. Vancouver or Calgary or Toronto or Montreal to, to, to decide and then you also have a bit more of a of a welcome waiting for you when you do because you've met these people over the internet and can can continue that relationship as opposed to be seeking that when you first arrive. I really love what I do and I feel I really it sounds like such a cliche but they say if you enjoy what you do you don't work a day in your life and yes. I feel like I do work hard but I really love it and so it's not something I'm looking for an escape from I mean, and I try to make sure to rest, and I have, yes. <laughs> I married the right person 27 years ago as well, and so he's an amazing support and uh, reminder to me of like, what are we doing this for? We're doing this to have a great life together, so oh. it's, it's nice to be able to, to keep yeah. that at the forefront of all the things we're doing. Yeah, that support is yeah. so good, and, and and also I want to go back and congratulate you again on your <laughs> re you. reoccurring role on Motherland, Fort Salem. Mm -hmm. Now you play the character Petra Bellwether. Yes, and she's a military general, a yep. mentor, and a mother. Yep, and a daughter. And a her, daughter. When her mom Minerva shows up. Oh, yeah. I mean, what attracted you to the role? Oh, just so many things. Um, the the female-centric storytelling, um, the matrilineal power of going from mother to daughter, mother to daughter, and really having that brought to the forefront. The fact that um, women's power is in their voices, um, that that we're leaders, and and yet that it was still complex in the storytelling. So you know, as much as my character Petra has her challenges at work and is being a leader of the military. She yes. also has her daughter to deal with and her mother and and things aren't as she anticipated they might be from time to time and she has to just lead while making the next best decision. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, trying to do better as she knows better is makes her, her journey really interesting to play because you never know what's going to get thrown at her and how she's going to navigate it. So. It's been really fun. You enjoyed it. Oh, I, I will miss her, but I couldn't be more grateful to her because she she created so many opportunities for me to explore in storytelling and in working with so many amazing people. And I'm so grateful to the the producers and the and the network that even though they decided this would be our third and final season, they they gave us that knowledge at the outset, so we were able to to end it in a really satisfying way because our fans have been so embracing oh, of these stories, and that we got the opportunity to to conclude things makes me really excited for a few reasons. One, they get a satisfying ending, but two, with this this era of streaming, people people can start the series and know that it's not going to just end without a mm -hmm. conclusion. So it's yes. it will be a satisfying thing. I hope people discover in mm. years to come because I think yeah. we really really told some amazing stories and showed amazing people. That's wonderful. Thank now, you. you. I mean, the uniform, I watched the trailer, and <laughs> you're wearing this uniform. It looks so fantastic. Yeah. I mean, like, um, I mean, how did, did you want to keep it? Like, I mean, how did you? Uh, <laughs> I, I do have a couple of my uniforms. <laughs> when everything concluded, oh there were a number gosh. of us who were like, this has been so transformative. And part of that transformation from 
cat to Petra it would be the, the donning of that, those uniforms. Um, and you just, you felt different. You mm -hmm. stood a little straighter, you saw a little clearer, you came correctly once you put her, her on in that way. So yeah. it was really meaningful that they gave us the opportunity to, to get one of our, oh, our uniforms. So I have my day-to-day -day uniform and I have my dress uniform and, and they have a wow. special place in my home. So yeah. Oh my goodness, you can look at that and just, you know, and like tell us some of the highlights. Or they're all highlights. They're all highlight. I mean, it was just, it sounds so cliche to say I just worked with some amazing people and we had so much fun. And what I love is that they've started to release some of our blooper reels where you can just see how much laughter we had on set telling these stories. And I'm like, see, see you can tell we really did have a great time yeah. because it just sounds so traditional. Oh, we had a lovely time doing it. But I, we laughed a lot and just didn't. It was, I would say that you'd look at the call sheet to see who was going to be in that day, not because you had a preference, but you were getting excited to who you're going to get to see. And especially because we filmed two of our seasons right in the height of, of the pandemic. Mm. It, it was your social interaction with people. I mean, we were very well cared for and we were tested and there were a lot of safety precautions put in place to keep us safe. But it was still, you know, very much a time where we weren't seeing a lot of other people. So mm -hmm. it was really meaningful for us to get to connect and, and we felt very blessed for having that provided as an opportunity for us during yes. a really challenging time. It's like a family, right? It really I mean, is. It's, you it really know, is. And I, I was going to ask, like, was it easy to prepare for the role? Like how to get into the role? Like, <sighs> e because the characters are written with such texture and such complexity, there's always something that you can kind of identify with from your own life, but also something that makes sense or you get curious about. So uh, in terms of how they're interacting with each other. So I found just keeping an awareness of all the things that had gone before in Petra's life in terms of her rise through her military career, in terms of her relationship with her, her mom and her three husbands and all, con current um, and her and her daughter and, and her aspirations for her daughter but also having to embrace the changes that her daughter's going through on her journey it made it really interesting just to try and stay in the moment of where the story was but bringing all those things to to inform it so it was it was really interesting because you'd get the new script and you'd be like what happens next yeah. it was, it was yeah. easy to stay engaged that way because it yeah. was just such fun storytelling so it's a parallel timeline to now, um, but uh, it's a reimagining of our current day. And the premise is that the Salem witch trials ended with a pact between the leaders of the witch community and the leaders of the American government. And that pact formed, created an army of those witches who would be a protection force for the American people. And so given that that's where the Salem witch trials, we've now come forward in time and that army has been developed and uh, the leader of that army, uh, General Sarah Alder, in season one and season two, um, she also is surrounded by um, a, a supernatural protection force known mm -hmm. as the Biddies, who have kept her youthful and in power for a couple hundred years. Mm -hmm. So she would have been in power when I joined the army and when I got called up, because you, if you're of the witch lineage, when you turn 18, you get called up to service. So when I got the call, she would have been power. She would have been working with my mother. She would have been working with my grandmother. Um, mm -hmm. And it is very much a hero figure. And yet I 
come from a very prominent family line and my mother has ambitions for me and I have ambitions for myself and I have ambitions yes. for my daughter and that's part of where the the story unfolds in terms of my my ambitions and watching my daughter and her next generation of witches coming in into the into the space so yeah, yeah. so a lot of political intrigue watch it <laughs> yes thank you yeah because it this tv series it, you know it's talks about gender equality diversity and empowerment mm -hmm. correct yeah it's, absolutely and we, it was always really amazing to us how many times the storylines of our show directly paralleled what was going on in the world around us from mm. from mask wearing and needing to be vaccinated and to, to bodily autonomy to to voices being silenced for their views like there were just so many parallels that over mm. the three seasons people were like how how did you guys make that happen so that it was written shot produced edited and airing right when that's what's going on in the world and it's like i have no idea but it's it's it's, it's it elevates things to almost a more magical level because it's it's so allegorical of what's going on. Yes, and so Catherine, uh, your fun was it a fun moment or memorable moment for Once Upon a Time? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. Oh my goodness! So I I was in the first season, episode four of Once Upon a Time. I played Cinderella's fairy godmother and had an amazing time, um, was hopeful she might come back, but the show took off and became so popular that you had all of these these uh, established stars who wanted to, to visit that world and completely understandable. Um, and it was the first time I ever got to wear a ball gown. Mm. I was like, I have that costume now too. You do too. <laughs> Absolutely. Gold lame ball gown. And I'm floating in to help Cinderella get to the ball and then, and then, uh, and then Rumpelstiltskin shows up and dispatches me rather quickly. But it was an amazing opportunity, both for getting to be a part of the, the reworking of the canon and exploring how those fairy ta tales could be changed and work with each other, but also because of what got to happen afterwards. And I, I was invited to a fan convention in London oh. and uh, because I'd been a part of that show and, and they were gathering and I was like, are you sure you want me? I'm really not in it that long. I know it's a pivotal character from the original works, but and they're like, nope, the fans want you to go. And so it was truly a gift to get to go and to see wow. this community of fans who had met from all over the world online and had this story in common and that their friendships and travel plans and, and coming together was based on an appreciation for our work as actors. And it didn't matter the size of role or which episode or how long you were there. They just were grateful for this world being created that had given them the sense of community and comfort and entertainment. And I got very curious about, well, what brings you to a fan convention? And they were like, oh, this show, you know, I was in the hospital for six weeks recovering from this accident, and, and this was my weekly respite, and my friends would show up and we'd watch it together. Or another person oh. who, you know, went through chemotherapy and she and her mom would watch it after each session. Like, and it just became this comfort for people, and it completely transformed my my understanding of what we do as actors because it's one thing to to know you're putting out entertainment but that you that you're contributing to community and comfort for people just elevates the whole effort to mm -hmm. a different place and so i yes. i got over my worrying about whether my role was big enough and just felt grateful to have been part of that world and to contribute to what made people so happy and ultimately so seen because seeing how these people greeted each other where they may have only been communicating by email or FaceTime or that, you know, that there was a real 
connection. It was it was really nice to be a part of that. And so it's from going forward, it helped again how I teach because you know a lot of times you, you're dealing with students who have very small opportunities in terms of the size of the role, but to say you have to know that this means something and that this isn't about you. This is about mm -hmm. the story and the audience, and it's a gift you're giving the world. And just do it to the best of your ability. And, yes. and it's it was a really great lesson. So I'm really grateful to Once Upon a Time for that. Is there, you know, science fiction, um, Chris? Is there detective played a detective is there any other role you would like to play oh I don't know like I for me it's about what's new and different so mm. I'm I'm enjoying that I've sort of become known for some Christmas movies or, or for Petra or for different things that I've done before I'm, I'm looking forward to trying new things um, but I also love so much the the process of filming. I love meeting the new people. I love the the collaboration and the rehearsing of lines. And like, there's just so much about the process that that you know, new would be fun, but more would be better. Mm. So I just would love to keep keep having that wonderful experience and keep creating stories that educate or inspire or give comfort or entertainment to people. Yeah, all of it. And what is next for you? Well, I'm doing a couple of episodes on a show I can't talk about yeah, because we have a non-disclosure so <laughs> agreement, but um, I'm excited that that is another show that has a really enthusiastic fan base, so that will be fun to get to dip into that world um, for a few episodes, and then we'll see what happens after that. I'm still auditioning all the, all the time, so we'll see what, what, uh, what new opportunity presents and which get new people I get to go play with. That's great. <laughs> it is wonderful. And if people are interested in taking a class, where can they go? Oh, they can they can follow me on Instagram, yes. um, the cat lh. Um, but also the bookstore is bizbooks.net, and the the workshop space is thedramaclass.com. Wonderful. And is there anything else you'd like to add? Just thank you. Thank you for giving us time to talk about our our business and our our jobs and why we do this and how we do it. It's really we're really grateful for you to amplify motherland and, and the other things and to, to take time to, to introduce us to people. Thank you so much for your effort. Thank you.